0: Are you looking for truth from God's word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: Now for just a moment, let's come up for air and talk about our standing alone in this. We have to have such a a, a humility of the reality of God, that we can see sin around us. And I hope that we would get so separated from our own distractions of life that we would see how horrible sin is within us. And if we do, and then we see what it does to our relationship with God, that we would be willing to stand alone, even if others don't. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the malls and wrong to have money and all that, but it is wrong when we let the tinsel of worldliness, all the spectacular sound of worldliness to water down a one-on-one with God. And so if you notice, the first one was to stand alone. And so we may only have one standing alone in here. It means stand alone. Some of you will have to stand alone even in your marriage. It didn't say, watch this, stand against. But it does say stand alone. Some of you kids are going to have to stand alone even in your Christian environment where you're educated. You have to stand alone. And and, and folks, I I know at that age, it's so important for connectivity. And I'm not saying don't connect, but when you want to be righteous, there's a time that you have to stand alone. let's go a little bit further. Cast out the evildoers. You have to know what is evil, who are the doers, and how to do it. You can see what he did there. The third is he stopped the traffic. I think it's important not only to clean up the thing, but some some of you will stand alone to clean up evil, but some of you won't prevent evil. And it says here, And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Again, that again is that going through the temple, one end of the city to the other end of the city, blah, blah, blah. We even have... um, Uh, no, um, what's the word we say here when you go to some of these uh, parks and stuff Uh, no drive through you know, don't drive through here right. well they didn't even have that so it's enough to cast out that which is wrong take a stand about getting rid of it but you also have to stand to do what is right do you mind for me to just share this story this may not relate to many of you but you might not know this About 20, 25 years ago, there was a a ministry that was very popular in the country. It was called Concerned Women for America, C-W-A. For the oldie-moldies in here of us, how many remember the Concerned Women for America? Does anybody remember that organization? This was a group of women who decided to take a stand not just for women's rights. That wasn't it. It was more about what was right for people, particularly for women. And so they took a stand on pro-life and other important issues that were very biblical. But women did it. It was kind of like women coming to themselves, a sense to say, I can go public with my faith. I can go public with leadership. I can go public in the political scene. I can make a public statement as a woman that I'm not just under men and it's a man's thing to do. But how did that get started was very interesting. There was a man by the name of Tim LaHaye, and you know him from all the Left Behind series, but he had a whole lot more ahead of that than he had the Left Behind series. And he was at home one night on a Sunday night with his sweet wife, Beverly. And they were about our age, believe it or not, and and Carol and I talked about this. And they were watching television. I don't know what it was a show or news or whatever, but the story was told to me this way, that Beverly was there, and she was getting on one of her little... You know what, look at what's going on. They shouldn't really be doing this kind of stuff. Why didn't someone take a stand for this stuff? These women are being abused and they should be, someone should take a stand for them. And Tim looked over at his wife and said, Bev, why don't you? That was God speaking through, her, through him in such a way that gave her a wake-up call. So then she said, well, why not? With God, I can do this. And CWA was launched. Again, it was that moral courage in her life to say, we've got to stop the evil and we've got to purify what's going on. And CWA, Concerned Women for America, really helped raise our awareness of righteousness, particularly of what was happening to women from a biblical point of view. All right, the fourth principle, he shared the principle, actually. He shared the principle. Then he taught them, saying, It is not written, it is not written my house should be called Uh, a house of prayer for all nations. Is it not written? I'm sorry, let me get my words right here. Is it not written, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves? If you will, for a moment, young people, listen to me especially. And maybe parents too sometimes when we want to stand up for what's right we, we, we say, you know, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad get away from me, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad I can't do that, I can't do that, that's really wrong you will get a reputation of being holier than thou and all the the wrong stuff, you have not helped anything what you have probably helped is that you didn't go their way but, but at the same, and you might have prevented yourself from getting polluted by some of that junk, that's true but that's not where God wants us to be, only. Yes, we've got to separate, but He also wants us to bring others along with us. And the way we do that is not just appealing by our separated lifestyle of, of acting differently than the rest of those worlds down there. It's for us to be able to teach them, to bring them along, to let them know why we really can't. Well, my parents won't let me, or I can't do that, or our church doesn't do... It can't be that. It's got to be a biblical principle. It's got to be a rationale that is, that is understood completely and spoken to those people. Now, when I say all that, listen carefully, it doesn't mean that the people you're now standing alone, separated from, and that you're trying to instruct is all of a sudden to say, Wow, that's great teaching. I'm going to agree with you. Let me get in your side over here. It's not going to happen that way. But at least before the Lord, you can say, I lived a separated life, but I also taught a biblical principle to give them the reason why. And I think, listen, this is where parents and youth leaders and those of us who are in positions of influence need to help the next generation. We need to give them more reasons why, wherefore, and how come, and equip them to appeal to their mind, their thinking, of the reasons that we do this stuff, instead of just because that's what we've done all these years. And maybe we don't pay the price because we don't study deeply enough to do that. All right, let's go on. The last one is he suffered the plot. It says, And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. So people, when you do live a separated life and you do start speaking for what is right, you will have people that will be astonished by your lifestyle, but there will be others that will want to do you in. You might not get promoted. You might not be invited to the latest activity. You might be forgotten to be called You might have people speak behind your back, uh, misrepresent you, twist what's happening. You might go through some of that stuff and here's how you could respond to that. Humbly, 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 humbly respond to it this way. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. I'm more like Christ now. In a sense, I can identify. Christ knows what I'm going through. Okay, what could I do to demonstrate courage? This won't take but a moment. Very simple. What could I do if I'm ready now? I want to demonstrate courage, moral courage. What can I do? Learn how to use the authority of God's word as my practice for words and actions. It goes right back to the Bible. goes right back to scripture. Right back to knowing what are those principles. So I have to have the authority of God's word. So now the question is, if if you're a believer in Christ, have you surrendered to his lordship? And watch this. If you surrender to his lordship, surrendering to his lordship means you surrender to what he teaches you in the word. So that means you've got to know his book right here. Because you have what is known as the living Jesus, and then you have the written Jesus. I'm really simplifying that, but you know what I'm saying. So you want to be knowledgeable in God's word. So that's your practice. Second, be willing to stand alone to do right, even when it costs me great sacrifice. It may be friends. It may even be some family members. It may be a date. It may be something else. It could cost you something. So be willing to stand alone, even when it costs you something. Now, let me appeal to your rational thinking for just a moment. Listen carefully now to this. If God says holiness and rightness and have an intimacy is, that's the perfect world for you. And he's saying that you need to pay the price to have that, And part of that is to help others have that as well. Now, you then buy into that economy. And you're saying, that's where I'm at. And you now start doing that, and people do start pulling away. Not because you've been offensive purposely. It's the truth and the lifestyle that's been offensive. Now, when that happens, you're going to say, it cost me these things. And yes, it has. But do you think God will allow you to lose all this other stuff without giving you back something better and probably more. God is not there up in heaven saying, I want you to separate yourself to me. I want you to be alone. I want you to die a lonely reject. Do you think God's like that? That's not my God. That's not the God of the Bible. So first he says, I'll fill you with such an... I can't even explain it. When you are all alone and when you have God, there's such a, a special... It's almost mystical. But He doesn't leave you there because there's an army of other people that have not bowed their knee to the bale of our lifestyle today. You are not all, you're not the only teenager. You're not the only married couple. You're not the only single. I want you to know, God says there are many others that are just like you. He says, it may take a while for me to bring them to you because I'm getting them more ready for you and I'm getting you more ready for them but I'm going to bring you together. So whatever it costs you, whatever you lose now, you will gain with God greater later. Right Number three, show the confidence that following God's word will bring victory in spite of severe present opposition. Show the confidence. That's all right. There's going to be victory in all of this thing in spite of the severe present opposition. So where does true courage come from? You'll notice I didn't give you a lot of blanks here because I knew we'd be coming to the end of the message. So I wanted to give you just two that we're going to work on, and then the rest you can drill deeply again with your families, together, quiet time, whatever. But let me give you two from where courage will come. Number one, from accepting Christ as your Savior by faith alone. If you do not know Christ as Savior, you can have a degree of morality, I'm sure. There are moral people, good people, we know them, perhaps of different religions or isms or whatever. But they're still without Christ and they do not do it in a way that's totally pleasing to Him because without faith it's impossible to please Him. This verse says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In the context of that verse, generally speaking, it's talking about when you receive Christ as Savior, you now are adopted into His family and you have a new spirit within you and that spirit is one that has no fear. Now, what you do with that and unleash that, then you will be a fearless person. But it comes by trusting in Christ alone. I hope you have done that. I hope maybe maybe something you heard today, you can look at your life for you that are on the beginning part of this journey and say, I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. I, being, forget about being courageous. I, am, I need God. Before I can speak for Him or live for Him, I, I need God in my life. I need Christ what you do is you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. We all are. I know I cannot save myself by my good deeds, even being courageous. None of that's good to get me into heaven. I need you to be in my life. And so right now, I believe you died on the cross, Jesus. You rose again from the dead and I'm placing my faith alone in you. And by doing that, you've forgiven me of my sin. you come to live inside of me and I've got a new life again. And with it comes courage. The second is... Where does this courage come from? From maintaining a daily program in Scripture, reading and meditating on His Word. Daily? Some people say moment by moment. I don't know, but I do know it's the consistent consistency of reading and meditating on God's Word. Now, I want to show you this passage. This is very, very rich here, and I hope you can understand it. I think it's simple. It says here, Now, when Jesus got into a boat, this is another event, His disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose in the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. Covered means that the waves were coming in, the boat was now becoming um, just swamped. But he was fast asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him and said, Lord, save us, we're perishing. Now, if you've ever been in a boat that nearly sank, you'll never know what it's feeling when you're so hopeless and helpless, out in the water, it is now getting ready to sink. And it's not like a lake and the boat's going down and we can easily swim to the bank. It's like there's waves everywhere. The wind is blowing, the boat is sinking. There's a lot of yelling going on. You can hardly hear everything is happening. Where is the beach? It's dark. I can't find it. I don't know if I can swim real good. How far is it? I got all this stuff. Confusion. You think I went nuts up here, didn't you? But I want you to see there's some fear in that. And it's kind of natural. But stay with me. He says... Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? I'd like you to circle that whole phrase in there. Why are you faith, fearful, O ye of little faith? Because I'm going to show you how that the presence of fear means the absence of faith. All right? And then he says, then he arose and he broke the winds and all of that. Now, if you go to Romans 10:17, which I've given to you in the passage, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you have fear because you have no faith, how do you get more faith? By abiding in God's word and making the word the the main part of your your life. You want to live for the word. You want to know the word. You want to study the word. You want to think about the word. You want to pray the word. You want to live the word. You want to speak the word. You want to defend the word. And besides all of that, you want everybody else to do that. Boy, when you start doing that, the courageous factor, not the fear factor, the courageous factor shoots right up. All right? Now, the rest of these I picked up from John Piper in another article I was reading as I was doing research on here. And I thought this was good because he gives you other sources of courage but coming from Scripture again. Now you could read through these and those of you that are hearing me on the radio, if you'd like to have a copy of this, you just write us at the end of the program and I'll be glad to give this to you or go to our website and we'd be glad to uh, get you to download all of this. I'm going to read through it, no comments. Let God's Spirit speak to you. Where do we get courage? From being forgiven and being righteous. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven you. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous, righteous, are as bold as a lion. Proverbs 28.1 From trusting God and hoping in Him. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. Next is from being filled with the Spirit. They were all filled with Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. So the Spirit of God and boldness come together. From God's promise to be with you. Joshua 1 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is, where, is with you wherever you go. Now, my, my word, that'll preach. Goes on to say, uh, from where does courage come? From knowing that the one God with you is greater than your adversary, whomever that might be. Be strong and courageous, 2 Chronicles 32 7 says. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. With Him is only an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. Now I know in context it's talking about what was going on with Israel, but I believe the concept is nevertheless similar today. It goes on to say, From being sure God is sovereign over the battles. Second Samuel 10.12 says, over the battles of our life. Be strong and let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in His sight. It means whatever happens, God's in control. Through prayer, on the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. Psalm 138.3 And finally, some of our courage can come from the example of others. Paul says in Philippians 1.14 Most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Well, my friend, I do need to bring this to a close. I will tell you that there are five benefits that deal with those of you who are willing to go to God for His courage. Those five will be on our website, so you can download those if you'd like to have them later. In closing, let me make some suggestions for you. Um, First of all, when we talk about from where courage comes, we talked about the presence of, of, of faith means the absence of fear. Here's what I'd like you to do individually and those of you who are discipling someone and those of you who are parents right now. That list that we've just submitted to you about from where does courage come. I would like you to take each one of those principles and spend time memorizing it, going through it, discussing it, sharing it with your kids and maybe one a day. To me, I think that's a little fast to go that deep. I think you need to take the medicine, if you don't mind that word or that vitamin, a little bit longer, maybe for a week. It might take you a month to go through all of this. But for those of you that are stressing out with anxiety, having anxiety attacks and worried about stuff, and not how do I handle stuff? And you're not willing to stand alone. I believe God's word is the greatest antidote to our fear and is the greatest fuel to our courage if we go to God's word, I pray that we do that. There's also a list here of how to apply this for those of you that want to work a little bit longer. Ask yourself some questions and do some other things, but I've listed all the questions for you, but right now I'd like to end with just simply saying, would you trust Christ as Savior so at least you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, the most courageous one that demonstrated the greatest courage when he was mocked by everyone, including his friends, the disciples, and he mocked or rejected, came all the way to the cross, morally courageous to do what his father told him to do it was the right thing to do to pay for the sins of the world and he had to go to this painful cross, die an embarrassing death. But remember, at the end of all of that, because he stood alone, died alone, resurrected alone, was at that every knee will bow And every tongue will confess Now I know that's all about the Lord But maybe there's a little model in there And maybe that little model will be That if we're courageous to do that which is right To stand for what was right Morally within us first And then with the world That there will be a day of rewarding For you and me Just like there was for Jesus In a way that would honor him As we're rewarded For being courageous For him Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Now's an opportunity for you to, to say, do I want to change myself or wait for the world to change? I, I hope right now you'd simply say, you know, I, I got so much work that needs to be done on my life. We all do. And maybe now's the time for you to say, Lord, I am a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. I know that I haven't been courageous. I've allowed sin to step into my life. It has come in there. I am far from you, Lord. But I want to be forgiven of all my sin. I want to have a home in heaven. I want you to forgive me, Lord. Show me your grace and your mercy and forgiveness. And so, Lord, I'm going to believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. I don't come to you with my good works. I don't come to you with my faith and my good works. I come to you as a broken sinner who has succumbed to this world's Lifestyle in my thought, talk and walk and I need a cleansing I need a forgiving I need a do over I need a new life in Christ and so I'm coming to you and I'm trusting in you that you'll keep your word when you said you'd forgive me of all my sin and if you're doing that my friend I'd like to pray for you I'm not going to have you come forward or stand up but I'm going to ask if today if you're trusting Christ as your Savior you'd like for me to pray for you I'd like to do that. And by that uplifted hand, you're silently telling me that you're communicating with God and you are now receiving from Him the forgiveness of sin because you placed your faith alone in Christ today, now. And you'd like me to know that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anyone today that's willing to trust Christ as your Savior and would like for me to pray for you? Do you slip up your hand? Is there anyone at all? Okay, dear ones, let me just ask you. God laid this message on my heart. You came today. You heard this message. God spoke to you. I didn't. What did he say? Where have you compromised? Where have you allowed your fearfulness to be accepted by the world or your weakness of your own spirit that you've now succumbed to a duplicity of your Christian life? You have your Sunday morning life and then you have your Saturday night life. You're not even courageous in doing what is right for yourself, let alone for others. Who have you given into morally with your moral impurity or your financial greed or you've allowed yourself to think it's okay to be bitter because someone else violated you in some measure and you're not courageous enough to do business in your own world. I want you to know God loves you. I promise you, I love you. I wish I could put my arm around you and right now jump up and down to be your cheerleader to say, come on, let's do it. With God, you can make a difference. You can leave that behind today, right now, in the seat that you're in. Courageously say, I I blew it. I'm sorry. And I'm going to go back to God. Look for opportunities to be courageous for speaking the gospel to Him, to inviting people to hear the message on Sunday. Don't you play their Holy Spirit by saying, oh, they won't like our church. They won't like the speaker. They won't like the music. You do everything you can to bring them underneath the sound of this. You're not the Holy Spirit. I'm not the Holy Spirit. We're going to bring them together. Because we're courageously standing alone on the side of what's right. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I pray a prayer of blessing on my dear, dear friends here. I pray that, Father, you'll mightily raise them up in the areas of their weaknesses. That they would stand strong. And that, Father, that they will be only alone with you. And that's okay, Father. And that, Father, that there is a group in here that's willing to stand with them and speak out, and speak up, and speak against, because we're willing to pay the price to be a true, fully obedient, worshiping Christ follower for your glory. In Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please email us at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. That's more at makeitclear.org. Thank you and remember to make it clear.